1: Yes. All right. So today, I'm not sure if you guys knew this, but it's Valentine's Day today. What? (laughs) Right? I know, right? Uh, Valentine's Day is an interesting holiday, uh, especially for people in non-traditional relationships, Mm -hmm. because we're not the ones who are marketed to by everybody, which... I guess it's like kind of a bummer to get left out, but in some ways it's like kinda of nice that it's like, you know what, cool, you guys do your thing, we'll do our thing. We
2: don't we don't know how to sell to you, so we won't try to, you know, shovel right. our stuff in your faces.
1: Right. Uh, but we did want to go over a quick little fun t- trip down history lane. Uh, <laughs> With for Detiker, those of you Winston. for those of you who have read Dedeker's book, The Smart Girl's Guide to Polyamory, there's an amazing history section mm-hmm. on the unwritten history of polyamory. And we're going to do the same thing right now, even though it has already been written down, about the history of Valentine's.
2: <laughs> Take it Take away, Doctor. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, I mean, most people know that it's based off of St. Valentine, that it's a Catholic holiday, you know, the mm-hmm. Feast of St. Valentine, that they just kind of decided was going to be on February 14th. Um, so Valentine, the Valentine in question, was a priest uh, who lived around the late 200s CE, mm-hmm. or AD, whatever it is you prefer, um, and he was martyred, um, so he was killed. And um, they're actually... They have his skull. Actually, there's a basilica in Rome where yeah. they have the skull of... Supposedly the skull of St. Valentine, and they put like some nice flowers on it. Um, I pulled it up on Google Images, and it was like, ugh. Because um, <laughs> also somebody's like somebody uh, hundreds of years ago like felt the need to make sure that you knew this was his skull and like they, they slapped a label like Valentine. on his forehead right. <laughs> that yeah. says saint valentine's <laughs> like good. <laughs> there we go now you know um, so there's that uh, to keep up with the weird tradition of keeping body parts of saints scattered throughout the yeah. world um, but then i also learned that apparently there's like 10 other places mm-hmm. that claim to have the head of saint valentine so either somebody's not quite telling the truth or saint valentine was like the gorgon um, and he
1: had 10 heads and had 10 yeah. heads yes. each of them it's more beautiful than terrifying. the last
2: yeah. um, so the original story of saint valentine has been Pieced together through the Mm -hmm. centuries with lots of hearsay and Mm -hmm. the telephone game being played. But supposedly he was, um, uh, you know, he was operating as a Christian priest, uh, when Roman society was still pagan and Christians were persecuted. Um, back in the early days when being Christian was still kind of hipster. Um, (laughs) you know, when, when you were like, I was into Jesus before he got popular. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And uh, uh-huh. and he was imprisoned for for being Christian. And as the story goes, that he through through some miracle, um, he was tutoring the daughter tutoring the daughter of the jailer, um, who was blind. And supposedly, through the miracle of christ's power he (laughs) was able to cure her blindness um wow that's pretty cool yeah i know yeah 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 so he miraculously cured her blindness unfortunately that did nothing for him because he still got killed (laughs) um but supposedly where we get the tradition of sending valentine's is that like before he was killed that he he sent a letter to her to the Mm -hmm. jailer's daughter um I don't know what it said. It could have been like, bitch, like get me out of this. (laughs) Um, Probably. And so in theory, that's how we got the whole Valentine's story. Um, But in researching this, what I think the most interesting thing is that it was actually hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years before the holiday was actually associated with romantic love. Um, I could go off on this for many, many hours, but our, our modern-day notion of romantic love was based on courtly love, which didn't really come around until, like, the 14th, 13th, 14th century, mm-hmm. um, but that's a talk for another time. Um, and so for many hundreds of years, the Feast of St. Valentine's was for other things. Like, it was... Um, In many agricultural communities, it was considered to be like the beginning of springtime. Like, Mm -hmm. that was when the plants started growing. Some places said that that the Feast of St. Valentine's was when um, the birds would propose to each other. (laughs) Their little bird (laughs) rings. (laughs) So cute, yeah, with their little birdie rings. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, I learned in some places there was like a Santa-esque figure called Jack Valentine, That would come to the rear door of houses and would leave stuff like for the children, like Mm -hmm. candy and presents, like very, very St. Nicholas-esque. Although apparently uh, he was also used to scare children at the same time um, that children were like kind of scared of Jack Valentine. So I don't know what was actually going on. I don't know if Jack Valentine was like a pedophile and the stories of the pedophile (laughs) just like blossomed and got out of control but anyway so this holiday that has so much attached to it and so much meaning and so much significance has actually had quite a long history of its meaning changing many times throughout the years Mm -hmm.
1: yeah Yeah. so now bringing us to modern day yes valentine's gets some hate right (laughs) i imagine there's probably some people in this audience right here who have posted some hateful things about valentine's day does anybody like
2: really not like valentine's day I mean, I guess I mean, you're out you're here, here celebrating, so maybe like you, you think it's okay semi okay. But, <laughs> I know there yeah. have been
1: times where I've been like, "Fuck Valentine's Day," yeah. right? Because you're sad, maybe you don't, maybe you're not with someone at the time. It's like, oh, Valentine's Day mm-hmm. is just this reminder of, of how alone I am, uh, <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, or you know, or other people saying, "Oh, well, you know, I don't need some commercial holiday to make my relationships valid or mm-hmm. to." That I have to somehow prove to my partner that I care about them by buying stuff on this day. Mm -hmm. That there is this kind of, um, I don't know, like unique distaste for this holiday in a way that I don't think a lot of other holidays get. Mm -hmm.
2: I think it's kind of since the advent of social media is when I really noticed that like there's kind Mm. of this collective joy On both ends of the spectrum, it's like people either have this extreme joy in like, this is the day that I really get to mush it up on Facebook Mm -hmm. Uh and post all the mushy pictures of me and my significant other, or it's the day that I really get to soak into talking about this horrible capitalist holiday and how I'm going to be just at home eating ice cream and masturbating, and it's just going to be fantastic. (laughs) Um, I I honestly, I've always had some, what? Some umbrage, take an umbrage mm-hmm. at um, people who post a lot of stuff like that. Because, um, I mean, my thinking is always like. Um you know, some people don't have moms on Mother's Day, but you don't go on Facebook and you're like, fuck Mother's Day. Yeah. <laughs> this is terrible. True. <laughs> um, or same thing on Father's Day. You know, people don't have dads on mm-hmm. Father's Day. And so my thing is like, well, if you don't have someone that you're with in a relationship on Valentine's Day, you know, like either make it about something else or yeah. I, I just feel like there's not necessarily this need to be so reactive in in expressing your displeasure mm-hmm. about a celebration of love. Mm-hmm. That, that's my soapbox.
1: Yeah, and I think that that something that is a valid complaint about Valentine's Day, which we're going to talk about today, and we're going to try to find some new ways of thinking about Valentine's Day, uh, is the sort of inherent couple-centrism in our society. And basically, we we actually just talked about this a lot uh, Mm -hmm. in our episode yesterday in Portland, um, but... Basically, the the short version is that our society is so much oriented around the couple as sort of the primary building block of society, that Mm -hmm. a Mm two-person couple is that. Meaning, you know, not only that that's kind of uh, held up as the ideal of what a family should look like, that somehow that number is the best for children, all these things like that. But aside from that, it's also if you're not in a couple, you must be less happy Mm -hmm. or you must be less fulfilled as a person. Or, right, that's why we have, you know, some, some somewhat derogatory terms for men and women who are single sometimes. And there's yeah. that whole concept of, like, well, you better get on that if you don't want to die alone. There's this idea that the couple is the only way you can not be alone, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? The only way you can be close to anybody is in this Until couple. couple. Yeah. Uh, and so we want to talk about that is kind of reclaiming Valentine's Day as a day to appreciate more than just having a couple relationship in your life. Yeah. I
2: think that suddenly the pieces kind of fit together about, I think why people sometimes have, can have such a negative reaction to Valentine's day is because a lot of people are not in a relationship and are quite happy about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like some people are quite happily not necessarily coupled up with somebody, or maybe they just got out of a really terrible unhealthy relationship and being single is the best thing they've experienced in years. And so then Valentine's day rolls around kind of holding up coupledom on this mm-hmm. pillar And so I don't know if that's like people's kind of attempt to express like, no, I'm really happy. And, you know, how is it that you're implying that um, if I don't have this thing that I must be really unhappy? Mm -hmm. And I think it's a really good time to reflect on not only
0: your couple centric love or your multiple partner love, but also the love that you have for your family, for your friends, for whatever it is in your life and kind of reflect on that during this time. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And we'll definitely get more into that. So we wanted to kind of pose a question and talk about it and then bring it back to you guys.
1: Right. So the question is, <laughs> what makes a good poly partner? Mm-hmm. And I would argue, what makes a good any kind of relationship partner, mm-hmm. whether it's a close friendship Or it's a romantic relationship or a sexual relationship or anything like that. Uh, So I think, Emily, you wanted to start with this one?
0: Yeah, so we actually got – in our Oakland show, somebody asked us, what is it that if you were to meet someone that would just kind of blow you off of your feet – um, it, it, what is it that you would look for in a partner, and what would be really exciting about a person that you would just like meet? S- specifically, she's asking, yeah. she
2: asking like, what's like one quality, one that... specific quality,
0: and mm-hmm. we each had different things. I said flexibility, so just the flexibility of time, of knowing that you never really know what's going to happen into a, in a relationship, and that you can't just sort of put a box around it and expect it to go one way. That mm-hmm. um, it's really important to have flexibility in your relationships and any type, but especially especially in your poly romantic relationship. Emily's
2: also a huge acro yoga person and so So, I really
0: really love it really it really does value. It really does value for a variety of
2: things. Um, For me it's it's so important for someone to to be able to communicate. And I know that communication, we can talk ad nauseum about communication being the key to healthy relationships, Mm -hmm. which it is. Um, but I think, um, for me, it's specifically being able to trust that someone will communicate to me proactively what it is that they want versus, Mm -hmm. you know, and also what it is that they don't want. Um, I've been in plenty of relationships where it's kind of like you just kind of You wait until you piss each other off or you wait until you stumble um, and there's a negative reaction and then that's how you find out kind (laughs) of what your boundaries are. It's like heading into the maze with a blindfold on um, that you kind of have to figure out based on what body part you've bruised, Mm -hmm. um, which is really not a great way to do relationships. Um, So for me, that's something that's extremely, extremely important. Like that's something that when I see that I really, really um, am attracted to that. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And for me, it's an open-minded – or, you know, my answer to that question was an open-mindedness to challenge things in yourself. Mm-hmm. That there's not this sort of stubborn, like, well, I feel this right now, so that's what I'm going to feel forever, and that's the answer. If You know, I'm never going to change. That to me, that someone who is open to being like, hey, these are the things I believe, and I've thought a lot about them, and I'm willing to challenge them and potentially change my mind. I might mm-hmm. not because I've thought about them a lot, but that sort of willingness – To to change and have an open mind is something that I see as a really valuable trait in, uh, you know, in a partner or even in a friendship. Mm -hmm. And so now we wanted to put it to you guys. What are some things that are those just awesome traits of any kind of relationship uh, of a person in any kind of relationship in your life? It could be a short thing you shout out or if you want to give us a longer explanation like we all did. uh, You're welcome to do that. I can't see anything. Yeah, I can't see anything. Yeah, so, like, um, anything. Yeah. so yeah. just feel free to shout it out.
2: Yeah, what do you guys find to be like good qualities that that are you're attracted to in a partner?
0: Consciousness. Mm.
2: Consciousness.
3: That's really nice. good. So kind Can of you like, elaborate. Like mindfulness being being aware of the world around you, which means communication, and all of that. Yes. But, um, in monogamy, okay, yeah. it's so much times so we walk into our relationships unconscious. We're,
4: just, we're in a relationship. Yeah. yeah. Where
3: I find that there's a lot more consciousness in the poly world and. That's probably the, one of the key things. That and a sense of humor. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah definitely. Definitely. Of definitely. Humor is a good that. one. That's actually.
2: a really good one. one. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that the, the consciousness thing is so interesting be, um, because something that I've always told people that they're often surprised by is I feel like um, with people who very consciously choose monogamy, I have a lot of respect for it. Mm. Like a lot of respect for um, there. There's kind of sometimes this tendency to think that people who are not in monogamous relationships must see monogamy as inferior or less enlightened. Yeah, that's absolutely not the case. or impossible or whatever. But I feel like, the thing is that we're in a culture – this isn't true of all cult- mm-hmm. cultures, but especially Western culture – we're in a culture that just kind of dumps you into monogamy as the default. Mm-hmm. As if and, there's no other choice. Yeah, there's no other choice. There's no other spectrum. And so, and so that's the thing is a lot of people do go very unconsciously into relationships mm-hmm. not knowing if this is what's right for them or not. And so for somebody who maybe has explored their options or researched their options or whatever um, and has very consciously chosen like, you know what – this particular form of monogamy is what is going to make me happiest. Like that's freaking fantastic. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that's something that, as a whole, we should be we should be really teaching to people very early on. Mm-hmm. But yeah. we they don't have options. Yeah.
1: Anybody else? That was that was great. That thank was thank you for that. that. Curiosity.
2: Yeah. Oh, curiosity. curiosity. Oh, curiosity. Yeah. Curiosity. I'm curious to know more. One <laughs> <laughs> thing that I like realized just in
1: trying to become a better communicator myself is when you find. When you ask somebody about whatever it is they're passionate about, even if it's not something that I'd ever thought about or found interesting myself, when you get somebody talking about something that they're passionate about, they just light up. And when when you really like practice active listening and whatever, you know, it's amazing. Like I can become fascinated by something that I had no interest in or no. Hadn't thought about it even, yeah. but like, and so when people show me that curiosity too, that, that just I love that kind of exchange.
2: What are, What are you passionate about? <laughs> <laughs>
1: a lot of things. Can you get us fascinated? <laughs> <laughs> I'm really yeah, like passionate about right. catching fish. So that's
2: awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, this All is right. place to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Excellent. a commercial fisherman, so. Nice, so. Oh, yes. nice. Yeah, nice. Right. Excellent. What, what else? Positivity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, positivity. Absolutely. Yeah, right. being He's able like, to. Being able to turn things around or, like, see something in a different way, like, you know, the biggest upsets don't have to, like, uproot your whole life. Like, you, know, you can move forward. I like seeing that in people. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think that very much ties to, you know, kind of the open-mindedness and self-awareness to be able to kind of examine your own emotional life. Mm-hmm. Um Because, yeah, I mean, as we know, you know, moods are very ephemeral and Mm -hmm. transient and they move and they change and they shift. And so the idea of being able to at least acknowledge Mm -hmm. when you're in a negative space, like this won't last forever. Um, Like the
4: sun's not always shining, but it's there. Yes. Yeah, yeah.
2: That's 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 very good. That's very good. Um,
3: Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, I, I agree with that. I would put it under, for myself, the banner of perspective mm-hmm. and kind of a sense of scale. Um, yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. I am still getting better at, like, not making mountains out of molehills. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I respect somebody who has, you know, yes, the self-awareness and the positivity yeah. and everything, you know, this is not the end of the world. In two hours, two weeks, two years, I won't even remember this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I find that really refreshing because it shows... A willingness to move forward and to you know to know that things change, um, and that how you feel now doesn't have to determine nearly as much of the future as you might you might almost want it to in those moments. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah.
2: That, this seems to be a recurring theme because that's something that we hit on in the Oakland show as well. Is this idea of having that perspective that your feelings are not permanent and your feelings aren't facts, and even your thoughts are not always true.
1: Yeah. Uh, Something that we've also been on lately on the subject of positivity is the idea of focusing on the things you want instead of the things that you don't want. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, That even just this is something that I always like in discussion groups will try to challenge people for this. If they'll say, you know, ah, like I'm really frustrated that there's, uh, you know, by erasure in our poly community or something like that. Mm -hmm. And, And I'd say, okay, like what would that look like as a positive? What is it that you do want? Instead of what is it That you don't want yeah. I know that's like A little different Than the type of positivity You're talking about But I've also found that To be a subject That keeps coming up for us yeah. Is that mm-hmm. That question of like How can you think about What you do want Instead of what you don't mm-hmm. yeah. It's also helpful Can we get
2: one more? Hey. Sense of self Whoa. Patience oh, yes. Sense of self right. okay. okay Great I saw another
1: hand too Self-advocacy yes. oh. Yeah, yeah. off of what you were saying The ability to like Convey what you want, and be like,
0: "No, this is what I want, what I need at this yeah. point, mm-hmm. and I need you to be able to at least be open to that. If I can't, if you can't provide it, at least be open to me getting it elsewhere."
2: Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. That's a really important one. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, these are these are such amazing responses like yeah. so uh so very smart is very, what very i find thoughtful all, yeah. very audience. thoughtful yeah <laughs> very I, I, people, I wish okay. th- these were things i don't know like it to me it feels like these are kind of lessons that you don't learn until you've had some fuck-ups under your belt <laughs>
0: <laughs> maybe we're just talking about ourselves I, no yeah. that's that's
2: how i've had to yeah. figure it yeah, out um, sure. and i mean i i, I kind of Wrote about this in the book is like what is you you know if you paint a picture of what would it be like to come into your adult life having more relationship skills under yeah. your belt and more like emotional intelligence skills under your belt because like seriously when I was growing up like the only actual relationship education I got in school was like wear a condom yeah um, <laughs> or and, just don't or just or don't, just have don't sex. or just don't have yeah. sex like that was it like we don't we Talk. Didn't get that Really? Yeah, yeah. Some people don't even get oh that, God. you know. Yeah. It's it's yeah. like we we still kind of have this sense that like relationships can be on autopilot. I mean, sure, yeah. we we teach people to be nice and to share your toys and to do all those things that you learn in kindergarten. But when it comes to romantic relationships, it's kind of like we wait until you become an adult and you need therapy and couples counseling, and then yeah. you can learn a bunch of lessons about relationships. Yeah, yeah. just a lot of trial yeah.
0: and error. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Um. So okay. We wanted to talk about the fact that in polyamory, every partner doesn't need to be everything to you. That's a really amazing part of it for me. Like, I get very different parts of myself through different partners. I can be one way with one person. I can be another way with someone else. Um, And for me, I mean, I fill my life to the brim. I have three jobs. I'm in a musical right now. I do this, which is another full-time job. (laughs) And so I don't have a lot of time to devote to a lot of people, at, the, at least at this point in my life. Mm-hmm. And if I was in a monogamous relationship, that would probably be a deal-breaker for a lot of people. But instead, I'm able to you know, maybe see someone once a week, or maybe every other week, and still kind of pick up where I left off with them. And you can still create these really meaningful relationships, even though your time may not be there at all times, or even though someone... I don't know, may not love video games as much as you do, but you can do something else with them. You can go fishing. (laughs) So, yeah, that's something to me that I really love about being polyamorous, mm-hmm. is that your relationships can look however you want them to.
2: Yeah, so it's kind of like, you know, all those qualities that we talked about, that yeah. they can kind of be distributed in a slightly different way yeah. that we don't necessarily have to have someone who checks all the boxes. Of course, you can have, I think you can have your foundation of, like, these are things that I expect in every relationship. Of course. Um, but then kind of beyond your your foundation, that then it can really be all over the place. Yeah. <clears throat> which is actually pretty exciting. Yeah, it's lovely. yeah
1: I mean, I would say... Yeah, there's certain things like standards for the type of communication and for the way they handle conflict and things like mm-hmm. that that it's like, yes, I would expect this in all of my relationships yeah, or I wouldn't want to be in things. it. Mm-hmm. But it's like Emily was saying, it's more those specifics of yeah. whether it's just the amount of time that you have or um, you know, or distance, for example. Like long distance yeah. relationships. Mm-hmm. Has anyone here had a long distance relationship? uh, Yeah, right? Lots lots of hands. Uh, Have you ever had a long distance relationship while you're monogamous?
2: How was that experience? (laughs) It's it's
1: tough. It's really tough. Uh, And that's a case where, you know, for Dedeker and myself, for the past year and a half, we've spent maybe like three of those months in the same geographic location, Mm -hmm. right? And if that's kind of the only. Cuddling and touching and kissing that we got, like that would be really hard. There are people that do it, and you know, I, I commend them for that, I guess. Uh, but it is. <laughs> don't really commit to that. <laughs> I guess. Uh, right, but that, but that polyamory, when you don't need every single relationship to fill every need, whether it's a physical need or you know just a time need or a raising children need or whatever it is, that it allows some relationships. To exist and to be fulfilling, that might not be able to. You just might not be able to have that at all yeah. if it were a monogamous
2: relationship. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. I know that definitely the time thing has mm. been something for a while. I was dating a guy. Um, this is after you know this was post monogamy um, that I was dating a guy who we decided to call Alejandro, I guess. Alejandro. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, <laughs> Uh, but basically, he worked this crazy, crazy job where he was working, like, 60 hours a week, and we could only see each other from the hours of, like, 10 p.m. and 8 a.m. Like, that was the only time that he was available. And, you know, if I was monogamous and kind of seeking, you know, that life partner, that person who's definitely going to be everything to me at all times, it would not have worked at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and, or, or you could have tried to force it and probably made both of us really, really unhappy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but us both being able to kind of seek different needs from different people meant that I could still have this awesome relationship with, with Alejandro. <laughs> 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 I could still have this great, really satisfying relationship with him yeah. because he didn't have to be that. Um, mm-hmm. Something that we often get uh, is, you know, people hear like, Oh, like you've got three partners? Like I can't even handle one. Like that's ridiculous. And it's because, of course, if you if you think of, you know, the traditional monogamous sense of like this is the person who gets one hundred percent of my free time, and you kind of hop to well, multiply that by three. Well, that's freaking intense. And I agree, I would not want that at (laughs) all. (laughs) And so it's just like a little bit of a different approach. And for me, I found it really satisfying because of the fact that it allows me to say yes to more. People, As in, like, say yes to more experiences, you know, kind of seeing, like, well, what would it be like to have this person in my life? Um, Mm -hmm. Even though maybe it doesn't fit perfectly, but what would it be like? And these are the experiences that help me continue to expand myself as a person that I learn and I grow and have amazing experiences.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, Another example of this has to do with sex. That's right, I said it It
2: uh, <laughs> has to do with sex I'm surprised we made it this far <laughs>
1: It's right? <Right>? <laughs> not normally how it goes
2: Right. So the nasty skull with flowers Wasn't doing it for <laughs> right. you right. <laughs> For example,
1: I have a, a relationship in my life Where we've been together for like three and a half years um, And we almost never have sex Like Our, our relationship is Essentially functionally asexual uh, and interestingly neither of us Identify as being asexual Ourselves There's just something about that relationship Where sex is not really a fundamental part of it And that's something again In monogamy That would be really frustrating yeah. That would be like okay like I, I have some needs And for some reason we just don't have That part of our chemistry I'm so sad that I have to give up All these other great things that we have The conversations that we have The stuff that we like to do together The amount of Caring and intimacy and this unique perspective we have on each other's lives I'd have to give all that up because I wouldn't want to live the rest of my life without sex uh, Right that that's another example of a relationship yeah. that I get to have and that I value Very highly uh, that polyamory allows me to have
0: yeah. And uh, I, uh, one type of relationship we wanted to talk about None of us are parents obviously um, uh, But I did grow up with a single parent and I know eventually after a time My mother decided that she really just wanted to parent me alone Um, And that's something that kind of polyamory offers Is that you can be a single parent Or you can be a a couple parent And you can decide to parent with multiple people Or parent just by yourself And still pursue relationships outside of that Um, I know for a long time My mother wanted to try to find me a father And so she would date with that intention um, and it wasn't until f- much further along, I kind of sat her down and said, "Look, like we're good, you and I. That's all that I need." <laughs> and you made.
2: said you were like ten. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> <a> little <laughs> a like, I know. I was Seriously? like, Listen, "We don't need to be doing this anymore." And it was great um, <laughs> because it, it, she she finally realized that she didn't really want a relationship. She had been doing it for a long time, and it, it broken up. Two marriages, you know, I was born out of an affair. And she just kind of was like, I have other relationships in my life that are important to me,
2: and I don't need to find a romantic one. Mm -hmm. And it's so interesting. We um, actually, last night at our Portland show, we met a mom, a mother of three, who identifies as solo poly. Like, she, she doesn't necessarily want to couple with someone, she's not necessarily looking for a father you know a new father for her kids or anything like that she has a very healthy co-parenting relationship with the father of her children um and you know she shared about how difficult it is especially as a woman because everyone's expecting like well if you're dating you're dating for that purpose of finding a a, a parent yeah or finding a dad or a mom or whoever it is um and yeah and so it is so interesting that we don't um Again, coming back to that kind of all-importance of the dyad, mm-hmm. both for relationships and for parenting as well. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and that really helps us change the way that we look at relationships filling needs in our lives versus relationships adding value to our lives mm-hmm. and not needing to, to fill something that we're missing necessarily. Yeah, and
0: to go off of that, I mean, it, for first dates for me, they're so much easier than they used to be. Because at one point, like... I was dating people to Potentially find a mate and when I was Monogamous that was kind of the end goal And now when I go on dates That's sort of out of the picture I just Can kind of see people for who they are And get to know them as they are Instead of being like well you're On an audition right now I'm like <laughs> I hope you pass the test But maybe you won't and then you know I've got to do this all over again and It's allowed me to kind of find these really Incredible people and incredible relationships That I would have probably overlooked other was.
2: Yeah, it's so interesting. Yeah. I mean, like, there's a reason why dating has this stigma of being really stressful. because yeah. it, really it really is, is. You know, when you look
0: at it from that perspective. You know, especially
2: if it is really, um, you know, I'm dating to find the person I'm going to marry. Yeah. I'm dating to find the person I'm going to have kids with. That It really does become like this high-pressure audition. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I don't know. It's just like this game we play, right, where we just yeah. put all this pressure on each other. and. I think it's it's this subtle thing because it's not quite the same as just like not having any standards, you know. So it's not like going on first dates and just like not giving a shit, like, you know, what the person not. says or does. Yeah. For me it's kind of opened up this idea, um so in uh the ethical slut, which for a long time was considered like the, the bible of polyamory and non-traditional relationships. Um <laughs> This is this is the new one, right? Yeah. It is actually <laughs> yeah. it's not
5: good.
2: Uh well, they wrote a passage. <laughs> that, um, there's this beautiful, beautiful passage in the Ethical Slut called "Clean Love," and it's about this idea of letting go of expectations in relationships. Um, the idea that if you can just kind of stop and like let go of your attachments to your expectations and just see the person who's in front of you and just take the love that's there, um, and as long as that's making you happy, like that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And this idea that you know. We get so scared of like, what if it doesn't work out? What if this person is just as much as an asshole as the last one? Like, what if they do this? What if they do that? What if they don't respect me? Um, And this idea that like, you know, you kind of go into it. And if they don't, like what you've, you know, what you've lost, hopefully, if you're able to maintain your own boundaries, um, you know, you've lost a little bit of time, you know, maybe you've lost a little bit of a fantasy but then, you know, you're free to go on to the next. And like, I, I just, that idea, that idea of clean love, of like loving without expectations um, has been so inspiring for me in my relationships. And yeah, particularly yeah. ever since, you know, I, I became non-monogamous. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, we wanted to talk about specifics. So um, something that we were hoping to get out of tonight is to kind of look at your relationships and specifically find the things that really make
2: them each unique. You know, we've been talking about these broad concepts of what is it that are you know, good qualities to have in a partner, what are the good qualities that we might seek in a partner, but we really wanted to kind of highlight the focus of these specific things mm-hmm. that you have in your life already, these specific things that you have in your relationships already. Um, I think that for me it can be very, very easy to, um, to really attach To the things that are going wrong In my relationships Mm -hmm. Uh, You know as long as they're not like deal breaker Things you know Mm -hmm. that's a whole different story But I can really attach to like oh we're having All these misunderstandings or oh we keep Arguing about this little stupid thing Mm -hmm. Without really stopping to realize Like wow like there's So much that I have in this person Like there's so much that I'm getting from This relationship Mm -hmm. for me it's kind of Had to be this like focusing on The (laughs) I mean this is kind of a weird uh, Approach to it but Focusing on um, the negative space of, well, what are all the problems that I don't have (laughs) in this relationship? (laughs) Um, You know, for me specifically, so right now, um, one of my partners is Turkish. And he lives in Istanbul. And I I spent part of the year living with him there. And one of the big challenges in that relationship is the the language barrier. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, he speaks fluent English. But when it comes to talking about high concept things and the kind of conversations that you have in relationships when you talk about things like expectations and vulnerabilities and communication, that those are things that really do get lost in different languages and in different ways Different ways that cultures communicate. And so that's been the source of like a lot of frustration in that particular relationship um, is that... I just I don't know I'm speaking as an American and he's speaking as a Turkish person and I can tell you those cultures communicate very very differently. And so while my mind gets really attached to that I realize that I completely forgot like oh hey like this is a person who has grown up in an extremely conservative you know religious muslim culture. Yeah. A very anti poly culture, a very sex negative culture. And when it's come to polyamory, he's been like a freaking champion. Like a champion, you know? Like when I think about all the typical problems that people who are new to non monogamy have, like the jealousy and the extreme insecurity and the extreme controlling, like, there's been virtually none of that. And so just kind of looking in that arena of like, well, what are the problems I don't have really opened me up to like, oh, my God, like there's so many specific things that I do get out of this relationship. It's
1: kind of that concept of perspective that you guys exactly. are talking about with positivity and perspective of not, you know, you, you can always find negative stuff in anything if you're looking hard enough. Right. But changing that perspective to be like, hey, you know what? Actually, a lot of this is really good. As long as you have your boundaries clearly set for yourself, Mm -hmm. so you're not allowing yourself to slip into a relationship that's unhealthy or that's really, Mm -hmm. truly, you know, really, truly not meeting your needs or or making you unhappy. That within that, appreciating like, hey, you know what? There's a lot of really awesome things about this relationship. I don't need to focus on just these couple things that are hard right now. Um, Obviously, you can listen to. The previous you know hundreds of uh, hundred something episodes of ours for <laughs> techniques for fixing that uh, but, <laughs> right, okay. but that you don't need to, to dwell on it so much, mm. so what we wanted to get to was this idea that, in addition to having mm. these kind of generally good traits in your relationships, that each relationship with every every person is unique and that there are things that you get from being with that person that you can't ever get from anybody else and that they're not always the things you expect going in it's not like they're checking boxes right I've got like ten different things I need fulfilling but just those unique things you never knew that that the two of you were going to like Share this amazing Sudoku a- addiction. <laughs> 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 i don't know I came up with that. <laughs> yeah, just, just, what is, what that is this? 2005? <laughs> <laughs> like? I was I was actually thinking of a relationship I had from like around that time. That was wow, a Sudoku yeah. addiction, yeah. you no? Know, really? We, we were God. like got so into Sudoku together.
2: So quasi romantic. Okay, well, I'll do you one better. Let me talk about you oh. for a second. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> So there's this really funny dynamic that I have with Jace in that we've been romantic partners for three and a half-ish, almost four years now. Um, We've been doing the podcast together for two and a half-ish years. So we've got kind of this one track of being romantic partners and one track of being kind of business and creative partners. Um, And something that I absolutely love about this relationship is this is probably the one relationship in my life, in my entire life, that I've felt the most like we're consistently on the same team. For most of the time. There is this kind of funny thing that happens. Is that honestly in our romantic track. Um, we haven't had a fight in like. Over a year. Like an actual like fight. You know. Uh, getting really emotional. Getting really angry at each other in like a year. In our business track. We fight all the freaking time. Um, can, uh, like they can attest. Yeah, like, I can, can definitely attest, attest, attest to that. To that. Yeah. Um, and so like. We were wondering about that before the show. Is like, is that our outlet? Is that as business partners, we can be mean to each other? <laughs> <laughs> They're healthy discussions, but you do get a little snippy, super snippy with each other. Yeah. Because then, as soon as as soon as like our multi amory meeting is over, we're like, then it's hey, all just love and yeah. yeah. Right? <laughs>
1: but we were wondering, like maybe maybe we need that That's your outlet. that outlet for Or yeah. well, yeah, We yeah. would yeah. need that. Yeah. So yeah, I, yeah. I don't know.
2: Fortunately, I mean, I think a lot of people do suggest that you um, don't necessarily. Go into business with your partner. Um, yeah, we're generally were considered. A bad idea. <laughs> yeah, that. I know. But I think <laughs> we're kind of like right on the edge. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, exactly. It's good to have Emily and Paul around yeah. uh, to keep us from killing each other. That's but. true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, I have one. I the. You guys, if you listen
0: to episode, I think it was 103, yeah. um, mm-hmm. my partner Tate was on there um, on the episode about gender nonconformity. And they're super amazing. And they've been in a lot of relationships with female bodied people. And I still am learning about that. Um, and something that's interesting that is that with them, I kind of become softer as an individual. With a lot of men, like I, I sort of am like trying to. I don't know what it is, like, be a little bit more intense or more rowdy, or I don't even know, like, swear more with them, which is something I just tend to do. Um, But with Tate, like, I get this really, like, soft kind of feminine side of myself, and I get to do that with them, and it's really, really wonderful. I allow them to kind of take the reins and, like, allow me to sort of be the soft person. Um, And then with my partner, who I live with, Josh... He and I are very different in the way in which we communicate. He's very much like an intellectual thinker. He's very much a chewer, and I am a spewer and very emotional, and it, it just kind of clashes all the time. Um, but I, I realize, like, he has challenged me to grow in a way that nobody else has because with with and even with Dedeker, like, We are very, it's very easy for us to communicate and to be on the same page and to always know what the other person is talking about. And with Josh, like, I'll say something and I'll be like I don't think you understood what just happened there and vice versa.
2: Yeah, but at least both of you speak English. Wait, yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> true. That's true.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit different, but yeah. <laughs> but it but it's it's caused me to actually have to like go back and think about okay, how do I communicate and what am I getting across to this person and it really helped me grow in that way and kind of change and And move forward. And I think that we're getting finally to a place where we can communicate effectively. And that's been really important in my life.
1: For a long time now, we've been fans of adamandeve.com for getting sex toys or lingerie or accessories, things like that. It's just a fantastic resource with a huge selection. And now not only do we have a fantastic offer, but we also
2: That's Multi, M-U-L-T-I, at AdamandEve.com, AdamMail.com, or Eve'sToys.com. This is an exclusive offer that is specific to this podcast, and it's better than any offer that is currently available on their site. So again, use code MULTI to get you not just the 50% discount, but also the 100% free shipping. Code M-U-L-T-I.
1: Uh, An example that I wanted to give uh, is with my partner Brooke Who was on the show way, way back in the early days Uh, For those of you who've listened to all of it, you might remember her But we kind of bonded right away over this interest in physicality In, you know, fitness and just sort of general physical health And just recently we've really bonded over this idea of the the kind of... uh, Like importance for your mental health in getting hurt, Hmm. uh, both physically and also emotionally. Hmm. That that this is something, this concept she introduced me to that uh, is a concept in child rearing, actually. That's this idea that if you never let your children get hurt because everything's all foamed over, that they'll never learn their own physical boundaries. Hmm. Uh, And they'll be more likely to hurt themselves more seriously in their adult life. Uh, and then we've also taken this and applied it to your emotional life. That if you're so sheltered from ever getting turned down or ever told that you're, uh, you know, that something's not good or getting a <clears throat> criticism, you don't know how to handle that, and you might end up, you know, spraining your emotional self, a, a <laughs> a spraining lot worse. your emotional ankle, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? Yeah. 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 Much worse later on because you never learned sort of how to. How to, how to work on that, how to be able to handle an injury. Uh, but anyway, in just the pure physical sense, the fact that she and I recently w- went uh, roller skating for a date uh, and she she did have a fall at one point and got hurt and you know kinda of rolled out of it and she was like, Oh man, that that's gonna hurt and I was like, You did it, you got hurt, that was amazing. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. She, was, she was like, Oh my god, you're right, I did, this is amazing. <laughs> right and that's not something I've ever experienced with another partner. It's just sure. like true, sheer excitement in challenging ourselves. Physically, being willing to get hurt like that <coughs> yeah. uh, is something that I never would have expected to find in a partner and it that I love. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I want to move on to romantic phrases. let that Yeah, good? that's good. Okay. Yeah. All right, so uh, Valentine's Day. So again, thinking about this idea of being specific, what Valentine's Day, and just in general the romantic language that we hear in, in a lot of our films and our books and plays and stuff like that, is the exact opposite of being specific Like if you think about A lot of the classic romantic Phrases out there you know it's things Like I only have eyes for you Or you're my everything Or you complete me
2: I just, love you with God. all my heart
1: Right I love you with yeah. all my heart right? um, It's like you love me
2: with your blood pumping Muscles <laughs> <laughs> But it's
1: all kind of centered around this idea of, of like if you were to Break it down and look at it super logically One partner is like well you know why do you love me? And it's like, "Oh, well, because I don't look at anybody else." No. <laughs> uh, or, you know, what is it that's special about me? It's, "Oh, well, you're special because you're the you, only yeah, one." Because you're the only one. You're the only one I'm with, so that's why you're special.
2: That's and that's I mean, if you think about it, there's a lot of romantic phrasing that's based on that. There's a lot mm-hmm. of romantic songs that are based on that. That like just
1: nothing other than the fact that Yeah, you're the reason only you're
2: one. special is cuz you're the only one. Mm-hmm. Like that's the most specific compliment I can give you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and so I found that that within the polyamorous world, there are people who like there are some people who will complain about the fact that they think polyamory makes things less romantic, especially if you're not uh, prescribing to a strict hierarchy or you don't have this primary partner that you get to say those sorts of things to. And they're like, "Oh, well, like I lose all that romance. I wish I miss being able to say those romantic things to a partner and having that kind of experience." I guess right. uh, and my challenge to that and something that i've is is actually kind of hard to reprogram yourself to do is to say no 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 you can actually be so much more romantic mm-hmm. when you get specific when you give someone that compliment of i'm so in love with you because of these specific things that you bring out in me or because of this experience that we've gotten to have together that i never would have imagined having with somebody else uh, and that this is true not only, again, not only of your romantic relationships, but also your friendships or even your family members. It's like, right? I don't love you because you're my brother. <laughs> That, guy. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. that might be part of it, but you know, you're
2: my only brother,
1: <laughs> which That's is also, also not, not true, true. Yeah. <laughs> right? But I love specifically these things that you have that we can have these sorts of conversations, and that we can uh, I'm going to use you as an example, Josh uh, is that we can get on the phone with each other and be like so painfully awkward <laughs> that everyone else is like, God, are you and your brother not? Close. I was like, "What are you talking about?" And I'm just like that's just what we like to do we like to embrace this. Like, "Hey, ski Like, how's it going?" But that's kind of like our sort of banter that we have oh in our conversations, and being able to have that with someone uh, is a really cool, unique thing. Uh, and that that's all you know, like that, those sorts of things. And then it's not the same every time, right? We get to always look for what are those unique things about this person. Mm-hmm. What do I have with this person? Uh, and anyway, so that's kind of the topic for the rest of this I episode. Think, I think
2: that I would argue with the, you know, I don't think it necessarily has to be different every time. <laughs> oh, like, oh, sure. I think there actually is something but to, just it can be. to reiterating mm-hmm. with your partner, these very specific things that keep you... I was going to say, keep you coming back, like you're, as though you're running. <laughs> to be so general yeah. in the
0: speech, yeah. and and to kind of get <laughs> to know your partners and your friends or whomever, and it, try to figure out like what kind of words of appreciation they really appreciate.
2: And something something to think about with the specificity that actually yeah. this kind of comes down to gender lines. I know on this podcast we love bringing things back to gender. Um, that something that men talk about a lot is they pretty much never get specific compliments on their appearance Mm -hmm. ever that's very true very very rarely you know (laughs) maybe someone will say that you know you are attractive or that you're good looking or that you're hot or that you're sexy but women are much more likely to get very specific compliments compliments either about the way they're dressed or about their hair looks or about yeah. certain body parts or about the way they move or
5: their eyes or, yeah or their yeah skirt, all that right.
2: crap and um <laughs> like jeez
0: your facial hair is so attractive today Oh,
1: something I don't know I grew it out a little for Seattle only. oh
2: <laughs> you're fitting in quite nicely yeah. well done, well done. <laughs> Well, I heard some men in the audience do some grunting of approval. Like, have you found that to be the case? That you don't. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's yeah. actually a good point. Yeah. What kind of what kind of what kind of compliments do you tend to get as men, specific or non-specific? None. Compliments,
0: <laughs> do you?
1: I mean, you get a lot of compliments of like. Uh, You know, I I really appreciate how nice you are to me.
5: Yeah, (laughs) it's
1: like a back on them again compliment, (laughs) kind of like. But I'd say we get complimented on like our actions or our behavior. Yeah. Like I tend to get a lot of comments from, from specifically from women that I know being like, you know, something came up the other day, and I just wanted to say like, thank you that you're always so respectful about consent or something like that, for example. Uh,
2: Yeah. Going off of that, it seems like most of the compliments that men get, at least in my
0: experience, are comparing you to other men. Like, Um, yes, thank you. You are better than the rest. (laughs) (laughs)
5: Nothing,
0: behavior, sense of humor.
5: But
1: it's not like
0: a, yes,
1: you are doing
0: something good. It's more of, you are not. Doing no, something bad, bad.
5: Really? That's oh, interesting that's that's really No that's really interesting, that's really and interesting. That's really No that's totally true.
2: true I mean I know I've Definitely given Compliments like that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I have too Jeez I wonder why that is
0: I mean it, I don't know Because it, it, sometimes Going through the world As women We don't get Good things from men
2: We get Well told, I mean like, I think that's A fairly Universal human sure. experience Sure Well no I mean yeah. of course
0: But I don't know I guess uh, For whatever reason It's interesting That women will tend to say Hey like Thank you for not being an asshole. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, um, yeah. One of the I was just going to say, I have totally given those compliments, and it's pretty much what you're saying. I'm like, I want to reinforce this behavior. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. To, like, all of their moms. Yeah, but Jeez, yeah. I'm just like, here's a thing I can do as a human being to another human being to encourage this person to, like, Keep it up. Yeah, and, to continue and, and good behaviour.
2: Maybe it is condescending, I don't know, but like you said, I'm like, maybe you deserve to be condescended to a little bit. <laughs> Salty. <laughs> on, this, on this
1: on this subject actually, I, I was I was at a sorry, we'll get I didn't see it. Uh, uh, I was at a, a party a while ago where we were playing this sort of like weird variation on the game Never Have I Ever. Um, Where it wasn't about like Oh never have I ever done this thing And then anyone who has Like puts a finger down Or takes a drink Or like those variations of the game If you haven't played it Go look it up It's great Go to Uh,
2: to college college. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: But what this was Was specifically You would write down Something that you You haven't done But that you would really like to And then you would Give it to other people there And then they Mm -hmm. could Or you know You would choose someone To give it to uh, And they would mark down Like Hell yes. Like, I don't know, let me think about that. Or, no, thank you, I'm not interested. Uh, And it was this way of kind of challenging yourself to think about those things. And some of them were kind of sexy things. But, well, a lot of them were kind of sexy things. But (laughs) what was interesting is that I was kind of in a weird emotional space at the time. And what I wrote down on mine was specifically like, I would like to have more than one female person compliment me. On my physical appearance Like on physical qualities of myself mm-hmm. And I did this And then another guy Saw that and was like oh my god like, I, I want to do that one too is, that, is it cool if I steal your idea It's like yeah absolutely and his 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 reaction was my favorite, that afterward, you know, that it, we did this thing where, like, you blindfolded them, and then, and then people would, like, whisper in your ears, like, stuff that they appreciated about you physically. That's okay. how we did the little game. And after this was done, it was, like, five minutes or something, and, you know, he's he just kind of sitting there afterward, he's like yeah, I'm going to have to go home and cry about that for a while. <laughs> <laughs> oh <laughs> it was oh my God. That, like, oh my God. level of profound experience. Cause wow. it's not something you get very much. Well, we're,
2: we're set up kind of with this dynamic where women are there to be observed mm-hmm. and men are the observers. And right. it's, you know, we all kind of fall into those roles, yeah. whether we want to or not, you know, uh, consciously or unconsciously. Um, and so so yeah so it's that so I think that you know for a lot of women that I've talked to sometimes it doesn't even occur to them yeah. that their male partner would want to hear specific compliments about his appearance mm-hmm. because Especially normally if she's used to getting it all yeah, the time. Yeah, she's used to getting yeah. it all the time. You know, maybe she'll compliment him on other things, but I know for me that that's been something that within the past year specifically has come up a lot with my male partners mm-hmm. talking about that um, that I've had to retrain myself to go more in that direction. Yeah. yeah. Um, we had one more up here. Yeah. I was
1: just saying, um, coming, up, um, coming out of a monogamous relationship, mm-hmm. but I've, I've, I wear my hair differently, slightly. Okay. I uh-huh. wear my hair differently. I've received several comments about my hair, and my wife has given me comments about my behind. You're saying that
4: That's
0: a, a good, s- good, that as a, as a good so thing right So it's like right? You change one yeah. thing yeah. And then it's it's everything Is just God, Yeah sex- it Becomes fantastic. sexy So actually This
2: is a perfect segue Into um, I'm not going to Delve into the whole topic Um but this idea of love languages, mm-hmm. you know, this concept that's been around for many, many years, um, that was put out by Dr. Gary Chapman. God, um, Dr. God, Dr. Gary God, Chapman, Dr. Gary Chapman <laughs> oh, yeah, as we yeah, call yeah, him I on doctor. this podcast, yes. <laughs> um, because the book, The Five Love Love Languages, is a very Christian book, and usually yeah. the Christians don't jive with these three chuckleheads. But, um, <laughs> but still, the concept no of does. the concept of love languages <laughs> is very important, and it's this idea that you know you. Have a certain natural preference for the way in which you like to express love and affection, and as well as receive it. Um, you know, the five that he gives are um, uh, gifts. Yeah, giving, giving, receiving gifts. Oh gosh, it is my test. Okay. Um, uh, words and of affirmation. So verbal expressions, um, physical touch that is non-sexual. Um, acts qual- of service. Yeah, acts of service yeah. and quality time. Yeah. Um, well done. And so, thank you. You passed. <laughs> thank you. Um, <laughs> and so, of course, as human beings, chances are we all want some of each of those five but generally you're going to lean in one direction or the other or maybe you know two of them will be very important to you and so just having awareness around that is um can really open up a lot of things in your relationships you know so specifically you know if you have a partner who really really gravitates towards words of affirmations then those specific compliments will really really go the extra mile Mm -hmm. um Versus if you have someone who's really drawn towards acts of service that then it may be you know giving those specific compliments but also following it up with some kind of actual action, you know yeah. doing something for them you know or doing the dishes or whatever yeah, yeah. or
1: well, as Emily, yeah, do you want to point out the thing about also just appreciating those no exactly yeah. I
0: mean it, my josh, um, he loves doing the dishes and cleaning the house and being the house husband, and like i 'll come home to a meal, which is really lovely, but then he'll be like did you see I made you a meal <laughs> and you'll be like, I did the dishes today. And I was like, okay, okay. okay. Yes. You, thank you so much. Like it, it sometimes I have to be reminded because I'll do those things and not expect anything out of it. But he really, it really feels good to him to be appreciated for those things. Cause that's so, how he shows love. Exactly. So. exactly. So, Cause that's his love language. Yeah. So yeah. you have to do the work on the other end to be like, okay,
2: I know what this is and I'm mm-hmm. going to appreciate it. Yeah. So in thinking about, you know, as you're crafting mm-hmm. these very specific, um, meaningful expressions of appreciation or acknowledgement to give to your partner, or to your partners, um, I find that this is actually a really fantastic technique for coping with jealousy. Um, yep. And jealousy is something that everybody asks you about, you know, when you're, when you're polyamorous, yeah. it's like, how do you deal with jealousy? <laughs> Why do you happen to you jealousy? Like, you know, it's the number one question easily. And There's many, many different ways of approaching it and thinking about it and deconstructing it. Um, A technique that I really enjoy going to is, um, I call it the pay it forward technique. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, when you're having a moment of jealousy or if you're feeling lonely or if you're feeling unloved or if you're feeling needy, that, you know, instead of just sitting and pouting about it or instead of, you know, bothering your partner, um, you know, giving your partner a hard time about it, that you find someone in your life to express this kind of acknowledgement to. Um, and it could be your partner, you know, or that the particular partner where you're feeling, like, the most jealous about or the, the most insecure about. Um, and, you know, usually it's, you know, just, like, send a text message to somebody just expressing, like, the specific compliment of, you know what, like, the other day you did this thing and you helped me out and I so appreciate mm-hmm. that you did that and I so appreciate our relationship or our friendship or whatever it is. And kind of giving that to that person without expecting anything back, you know, just to give it. And for me, I found, for me, I found that that is the technique that has taken me the fastest from jealousy to feeling pretty good. Actually, like it's the fastest turnaround. It doesn't work for everybody, but for me, that's, what's been amazing. Um, Get yourself out of that mindset. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, I feel like that can be directed at anybody when you're having those moments. But if you do choose to direct it back to, you know, the partner or to the particular relationship where you're feeling a little dodgy, it can be so powerful, mm-hmm. you know, so, so powerful, especially if you really can do it, you know, without expecting like, well, this means that then my partner's going to solve my problem or whatever, but just to give, yeah, um, yeah. Is Yeah, very effective really
0: huge. Yeah. Um, So we know that many of you are here With your significant others Or your partners or what have you Or just even people in your friends life. Yeah, people <laughs> in your life that you love And uh, we wanted to give you the opportunity To share something that you appreciate about them That's specific uh, So if, again, if the lights can come up And if anyone wants <laughs> to share uh, yeah. And let
1: me just say one thing first yeah. uh, Is that this is a podcast It is being recorded if there are names, maybe leave them out mm-hmm. Or you make up a fake name Which we love doing for people <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, Unless you know for sure That they would be okay with that But just, yeah. just keep that in mind uh, mm-hmm. When you're sharing And if you are being shy We can, we can start the train rolling
2: mm-hmm. Does anyone have some specific appreciation <laughs> They'd like to share? See, the longer you sit there The more awkward it's going to be <laughs> If you're with your significant other Because they're going to think That you don't have anything to share awesome. um. So
4: we'll wait. Yes. Yeah. I about my partner, um, is from the first time we met, is your enthusiasm is boundless enthusiasm, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and that was a new experience for me to find in someone. So it made it valuable.
3: Thank you. Thank you. So I appreciate I appreciate my partner very, very much, but I also appreciate that I can hang out with his wife and have an amazing time when the three of us, like, work well together. And I really, I'm solo poly, and I love having this relationship with the two of these people, that it's to be so powerful. So I really appreciate her and that she shares.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, appreciation yeah. yeah. for metamorphosis is, yeah. is love awesome.
4: It. Yeah. It. Yeah. Yeah. This is not. This is not
1: limited to partners, right? Yeah, now, okay? yeah. yeah. friends, family members, yeah. anything yeah. like that.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to awkwardly not appreciate the one I'm here with. I love you, Will. But uh, one, of the th- one of the things I've really valued about a polyamorous relationship, I'm in. Um, my partner, uh, I'm in a long distance relationship. He's I'm secondary to him. And he's a little older than me. And it's interesting, like, he gives me a lot of life advice. And there's a little bit of that, like, um, yeah, mentorship dynamic. I end up having a lot of the same conversations with him that I have with my dad that I don't think would work if it were a nesting relationship, that sort of, like, power of, like... Feel like he has his shit together more than I do <laughs> But it works I value it so much Because I'm doing my own thing And ultimately he has to respect that But at the same time it can come back to him as Like I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing And he just <laughs> believes in me <laughs> <laughs> And is able to Sort of guide me That's, that's yeah, great That's yeah. really valuable yeah. Yeah. yeah, And
1: that's a very unique relationship yeah. Too. Yeah, that's awesome. yeah. Yes Yes yeah. Yeah. She pushes me to grow. <laughs> I, uh, mm-hmm. I take pride in the fact that I can grow emotionally on my own, but I can't do it nearly as fast as she helps me do it. <laughs> awesome. yeah. I love that phrasing of it too. Yeah. That it's not that she does something you couldn't do on your own, but she improves it and yeah. helps make it better. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's great.
2: Anybody else?
1: Yeah. Oh, wait, there's <laughs> two yeah. the of you. There's two. The three of you. Um, oh. Oh. I have been questioning a lot of things. And since November and stuff like that, we've been going through the journey. And it's like your podcast has been bred, bit of life probably the two of you will think will get this correctly, will get it really well. But it's been just having you as a resource and just mm-hmm. listening to you guys and you challenging quite a bit and it's it's been awesome just fresh of uh, fresh air and just like realizing that yeah. Things may be
5: sh- crappy a bit, but it's not all crappy. The sky's not falling. <laughs> <laughs> but you're normal. It's okay. And it's mm-hmm. okay to think differently. And I really, really appreciate you. And thank oh,
1: you for coming yeah. to Seattle. Oh, thank you, Jeez, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> <laughs> actually, actually... I'm not, I'm not expecting that. Okay. Thank I you. actually <laughs> blushed a little bit. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Um who else? I saw another hand? Yeah, yeah, right, yeah, right, right here, here yes. Yeah. So I've never met someone who was more willing to like think about the way they think about things. And like we've mm-hmm. been spoon fed so much mm-hmm. since birth. I've never met someone who's willing to say like, Oh my gosh, you're right, like let's question this. Like maybe I won't find the same answer as you at the end, but like let's <clears> look at <throat> we'll it. Mm-hmm. That's so.
1: Hand, yeah. I think I would really thank uh, my partner's patience and uh, communication. When we, when we first met, I was 22. It's a long time ago, and I was a horrible communicator. <laughs> and, uh, and she's one-sided <laughs> communicator. I was really good at talking. I wasn't very good at listening. She's a one-sided conversation. And, uh, and uh, she's really helped me become a better communicator and just a better human being. Just inspires me in a lot of different ways. And you guys have helped me with that too. Just. Furthering that journey through communication and learning how to communicate with people. So, okay, can we, can <laughs> we do
5: one more? I
1: don't know how much <laughs> no, Well, I, I have one that I would really like to do. Uh, I know this might seem like the wrong holiday for it, uh, but I would specifically like to. Um, I would specifically like to talk about some unique things that I appreciate in my relationship with my mother, who is here. And it's that... <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's something that's, that's really unique uh, and amazing. I was thinking about this earlier today, is that uh, I feel like my mother probably knows and has seen the formation of my personality and my life's journey in its whole more than anybody else in the world. Uh, and something that's so amazing and unique is that I feel like, on the one hand, there's this person who you know, could very justifiably argue that she knows me better than almost anyone, but she's never tried to keep me as just that one type of person, and that every change along the way, whether it's polyamory, or whether it's doing polyamory publicly by talking about it on a podcast, <laughs> right, or just changing my ideas about about anything, about religion and all of that, that she's... S- been willing to keep watching this instead of holding me to just like, nope, you can't change out of this one thing that I know you are. And that's uh, a really uh, amazing, amazing and unique relationship that I can only have with you. And so I wanted to appreciate you for that.
2: <laughs> I think I saw one more in yeah, the Yeah, there
0: were, I think, two more. Yeah. Okay, yeah. let's yeah. do two more and then yeah I'll
1: take them um, I really appreciate when my partner pushes me to do some things that I wouldn't normally do, like come to a podcast recording. Yeah. She's like, yeah. "Let's go do this," and it's something that I wouldn't normally think of doing on my own. But she like helps it, and we almost always come back saying like, "That was really fun. That's really great." Oh, nice. And then there was one more here. Yeah, um,
3: I would say I really appreciate my partner, my my primary partner, being very
5: supportive uh, when I was going through a rough spot with one of my other partners taking care of me Yeah, and he does all my cooking too yeah
3: Yeah.
2: no it yeah it is so wonderful to have um I mean to have any kind of support network really um something that i've really enjoyed about about being non monogamous specifically is that you get this very special support network that includes not only multiple partners but your partners' partners as yeah. well yeah, and um it's incredible. and that like that the the metamor relationship the relationship with your partners' partners mm-hmm. that's it's such a fascinating relationship because it's one that we don't really have a social script for A positive social script for You know The only script we have Is in the context of Cheating Or you know The other woman Or all these very negative Stereotypes about it Um and it's I, I honestly I find it very sad that like not more people realize that that's an amazing relationship. It, really it can be such an amazing friendship. Sometimes it, yeah. it even blossoms into a romantic you know relationship, and not always. Mm-hmm. But having that as a support network, honestly, even just having someone else to collaborate with on like planning your partner's birthday party or whatever, <laughs> you know. But being able to have someone like that is so unique and so amazing, and so it's it's wonderful that you guys have that. Yeah yeah it is a
1: really cool unique relationship mm-hmm. um okay so if you didn't get a chance to share your thing all is not lost uh <laughs> We're going to be hanging out afterward Out Mm -hmm. in the bar, out here So you can still appreciate each other during that Or, you know, in the whole rest of your lives Uh, (laughs) Definitely do that Be specific, let them know But we did have one uh, piece of appreciation That we wanted to give as well And that is to appreciate all of you Mm -hmm. Uh, That every... God, like uh, there's like I don't even know where to start. First of all, first of all, to appreciate everybody who who listens to this podcast who tells us that this matters to them, that this is something worth doing, is huge. And then also to those of you who are here right now today that have decided to take part of your Valentine's Day to come hang out with us, Uh, and we just wanted to say that you are our valentines, uh, all of you, (laughs) and that. And that, you
2: are our ten-headed Gorgon, <laughs> <Yeah.
0: laughs> or
1: fifty, like, like 50 or how? Like, yeah, like it yeah. And that just like I, I really can't stress enough like how much all of you mean to us mm-hmm. that you're here that you support us doing this uh, is is we like we all get emotional about it sometimes. But right. going from. A few months ago, saying, "Hey, let's do a tour and do this thing live that we normally just do in my bedroom <laughs> on a microphone in, in front of some cats. Yeah, <laughs> right. they love it. And it's like, hey, let's let's go and see if people would come out and see us do this. To yeah. go from that, like, fuck, how do we do this? To then having people help us put this together, help us market it, help us you from know tell it, people yeah. what's going on, and then also just showing up and being here mm-hmm. yeah. uh, and participating." in in this is is just so amazing and i yeah. cannot express it's been enough.
0: overwhelming and thank you all yeah. so much yeah <laughs> yes
2: yeah. well is it time to take it home it's time to take it home. it home no. okay i think they're done all there's right a, there's
0: this thing <laughs> and that thing over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll, I'll be book. more specific with my
2: expression. <laughs> little um, over there. <laughs> uh, I just published a book, my very first book, called The Smart mm-hmm. Girl's Guide to Polyamory. Um, it's,
1: it's, it's a one-week-old now.
2: It's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's brand yeah. new in its infancy. Tuesday. And, um, yeah, you can pick up a copy here. I will be sitting around doing some signings if you're into that, mm-hmm. um, answering questions <laughs> about it. If you don't want to pick it up now, that's fine. You can order it on Amazon. You can waltz down to your local Barnes & noble and pick it up there and that'll be great Mm -hmm. Um, if you're interested in learning more about us or listening to us some more you Mm -hmm. can find us online at multiamory.com you can find us on iTunes on Stitcher on Google Play anywhere where fine podcasts are sold
1: it's free. It's, it's free. free. <laughs> <Yeah. That's just laughs> we we'll won't make them pay for it. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, we also have a mailing list sign up if you um, want to go over and see our rody Paul. He has a clipboard where you can put your email address down um, if you want to be kept up to date yeah. about where we're going to be and when our next podcast is, things like that.
1: Mm-hmm. And that whole setup is going to move out into the bar area yeah. uh, so you guys can hang out. We're going to be here for a while. Please feel free to hang out, socialize, discuss more of these things, uh, get your book signed, all of that stuff. Um, we also want to give some special thank yous. Yes, so
0: Paul, thank you. Uh, Paul has been my bedmate for like the last week and he is wonderful at it. I love him so much. Um, and he's fabulous and we really, really could not have done this without you. So thank you so, so much, Paul. Yes, just
1: picking up all those extra pieces that we yeah. keep dropping as we're Plus trying to do this thing. Plus he's absolutely hilarious uh-huh. and we yes. love him. Yes, um, has kept us from killing each other yes. on, the, on the road. exactly. Yes, uh, we would also like to thank my brother Josh uh, and Natalie, both of Yay! you, for helping us book some venues for this tour, including yeah. this one where we are right now. Yeah. Uh, seriously, that was so helpful to oh, us yeah. because the idea of booking a tour is like, how the uh, what? I don't know how <laughs> you do that. Do that. that yeah. Not, yeah. not something I ever learned. Yeah, so thank you, Josh. Yes. yes.
0: Good luck. Good luck. Um, and thank you to the Rendezvous. You guys are amazing. And also, tip your waiters and waitresses, please. Thank you. Um, and buy some more alcohol and buy some more food. Do it. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. All right. Thank you all so
1: much for coming. Happy Valentine's Day. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Thank Seattle. you Seattle. Ah!